I'm telling you right now uh, that it is because directly of the influence of the Del Judici family that there will be an exclusivity clause on this episode. It will be all about sports. We cannot have what happened on Friday that eventually came out on Sunday happen again. Their mother walked into the room while a lyric about me putting my nuts on her chest was played. I feel wrong. As fucking hilarious as that is, it can't run. We have a we have to have a full sports episode this week. And luckily we've got plenty of fucking sports to talk about. Mino Raiola, you fucking fat Italian dork. See if you keep fucking chatting absolute hokum about my football club. Me and you are going to throw hands. And I'm going to throw exclusively a 12 to 6 elbow. It might be... It might get me disqualified in professional competition, but best believe in the cold mean streets, it runs. Mina Raiola came out this week and said that uh, Paul Pogba's future with Manchester United was likely over. Oh no, not Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba, one true world-class member of the Manchester United squad. No. How will we ever survive without Paul Pogba trying to drive from his own 18-yard box and losing the ball on his own 25-yard line? How? We're never going to be able to get through this. Who's going to give the ball away 15 times a game? This just can't run. But he scored at the weekend, so obviously Manchester United Twitter are going, the club failed Paul Pogba. The club failed him. Paul Pogba was middle of the season out in Miami shooting fadeaway jumpers with Jimmy Butler last year when he was supposed to be injured. Let's not act as if this club failed Paul Pogba and it's not the exact opposite. Paul Pogba was signed for £80 million to become the central force for a United title fight. And the best thing he did at the club was stopping City winning the league by more than 18 points. Oh, sure, he did have that magisterial Europa League campaign. Jesus Christ. The fucking criteria with which to be a good Manchester United player in the last few years has gone in the absolute fucking fridge. Paul Pogba's been shit for us for nearly two full years. Like, as much as, yes, he does occasionally show up with a bit of magic... Oh, Paul Pogba with a bit of magic. Like, him and Ibrahimovic, what a combination. Like, fuck me. His his legacy for this club will be losing the ball 25 yards away from his own net. And then not tracking back when he has lost said ball. He's one of the most temperamental, lazy footballers we've ever had. And as much as we all know I'm a massive Dimitar Berbatov fan, at least when Berbatov showed up, he was unplayable. Like, we have seen maybe two games of Paul Pogba. The City Derby, where we brought the game back and won 3-2. And maybe Ajax in the Europa League. That he was truly unplayable. Because every other game, he's had good games. Do not get me wrong, I'm not saying Paul Pogba has had nothing but bad games for this club. But he's like he's not worth the hassle he causes. We have this drama fucking twice a season. Mino is a fucking cancer. Cut him out of the club. 
He's a fat Italian dork, wannabe mobster, fucking idiot. Who thinks Paul Pogba is the second coming of Zinedine Zidane. Let him go to Madrid. Let him go to that sort of toxic atmosphere. Where as soon as he fucks up, the fans will be fucking on top of him. Instead of going, but he's an academy boy. He's got a lot to give for this club still. Like, fuck me. Don't forget, this is the same Mino Raiola that tried to force him to Man City. And this isn't like water under the bridge. This is a relatively recent headline. Mino Raiola is a fucking scumbag. And we'll try and pull this every season until Pogba goes. We can still get a lot of money for him. We can still get 90 million. Apparently Zidane is still in love with him. Why would we not cash in on that? Our club's greatest ever goal scorer in Wayne Rooney has had his legacy completely dismantled by wanting out the city. Because as much as, yeah, a lot of United fans still do respect Rooney, he's not mentioned in the pantheon of club greats. I think a lot of United fans you talk to would hold Van Nistelrooy in higher esteem than Rooney. Despite the fact Van Nistelrooy actively did force his way out of the club by arguing with Sir Alex. Like, as much as Rooney did want out once or twice, he still stayed and became the club's all-time top goal scorer. I don't know how that United fans can just brush everything Pogba has ever done under the carpet because he plays well for France. Yes, he's great from a marketing standpoint, which means this club absolutely would love to hold on to him because we all know what the main priority and focus of the club is. But from a footballing standpoint, all this fucking nonsense that Paul Pogba is the, the one truly world-class member of the Manchester United squad, just because he's won a fucking World Cup? Nobody's saying Benjamin Mendy is the one true world-class player in the City squad. He won a World Cup. Now officially the only World Cup winner in their squad these days. So how can Ben Mendy not be the, the one true world-class member of the City squad? Also signed for an expensive transfer fee. Oh, it's because he's fucking never playing and is perpetually shite. That's why. So we, as Manchester United, are supposed to have the fucking bigger mentality. The big mentality club. We're supposed to still be the biggest club in Manchester. City are supposed to be the, still the noisy neighbours. How the fuck can they see so clearly that Ben Mendy needs to get the fuck out of their club, but we still hold on to Paul Pogba as if he's the fucking family dog? It's time to put the Pogba experiment down. It has not worked. It was a terrible idea. As much as I think he will go to Madrid or Juve and succeed. Because he will have to do nothing of actual graft in a team. He is a luxury player. I've said this from fucking day dot. Paul Pogba is the sort of player you want on your team if your team is winning. Because he will make you look spectacular. He can play extremely expansive football. He plays some of the best through balls I've ever seen. But he cannot unlock games. He struggles so much. Maybe he has been misplayed at the club. I'm not going to say that Paul Pogba has constantly been put in a position to succeed. But at the same juncture, he's done nothing to make himself succeed either. Once again, the Manchester United fan base absolutely despised for good reason. Angel Di Maria. 
But Di Maria arguably showed a higher peak than Paul Pogba at Manchester United. Di Maria's first few months at the club were absolutely fantastic. He was legitimately unplayable. And then he did exactly what Paul Pogba did. He stopped playing to his full potential. He constantly moaned. There were murmurings in the press that he wanted out. And then he got out. So why are we going to treat Paul Pogba doing the exact same thing. But playing at a lower level. Like we've never seen the sort of peak that Di Maria gave us from Pogba. But why are we going to treat it as if it's a vastly different scenario. This isn't letting Ronaldo walk away. This absolutely is not that. I think as a fan base people need to realise that Paul Pogba doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as Cristiano Ronaldo for this club. It's not even a like it's not a conversation that can be had. I'm happy enough to have him walk away. If Solskjaer plays him tonight, it is his single most spineless act as Manchester United manager. But don't be surprised if pre-game Mr. Solskjaer comes out and says that he's a valued member of the squad. And yes, I did research into trying to do an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer accent to do a full spiel about Paul Pogba. But it keeps sounding Irish. I can't, I can't. Norwegian clearly isn't in my remit, okay? Okay? But yeah, he's going to come out and say he's still a valued member of the squad and we can still see uses for him down the line. Have a bit of fucking balls and sell him in January. Honestly. Fucking balls up, get him out. It's time. Can't run anymore. He has to go. <sighs> Big game. Big game tonight. RB Leipzig. Coached by an actual good coach. In a pretty must-win game. I'm in two minds. Uh, about the game itself. Because the second half of the weekend. Pretty good. I was pretty impressed. But at the same time. You can't just rely on one good burst of football. Every fucking week. We did it against Newcastle. We did it to an extent. Against Leipzig the first time. Because as much as yet. Yeah, 5-0. The scoreline does flatter you know. Most of it was done when Leipzig had to press because they were a goal down and we scored about four goals in 13 minutes. So having to rely on those moments of individuality and those short spells of complete dominance. Like if a team can weather that storm, do we have a second wind? We haven't really seen an opportunity to get a game where we see that. What happens when a team can stop the first wind because obviously the Arsenal game we never really had any wind uh, but it's weird because I feel like if Leipzig can withstand our one dominant period of the game they will beat us Leipzig love conceding goals is the only thing like they've conceded six in their last two games have one clean sheet and ten so you're going to expect goals to fly in this game but it's just whether they go for United or not. I hope they do. As much as I am the biggest cynic in Manchester United history. And I want Solskjaer gone. I still do want the club to do well in Europe. Because it means if by the, if by some sort of fucking miracle. There's games on in February and the stadiums are open. And the vaccine's coursing through all our veins. There's a chance I'm getting an interview on a Wednesday night outside Old Trafford. And that's something I'm always for. 
Then City at the weekend, which I'll obviously talk about on whatever day the episode. I'm hoping to get it out on Friday this week. I'm saying it right now. It's my objective to get that episode out on Friday. And you can bet your bottom dollar on that. Don't. Don't. You'll, you'll, you'll bankrupt me. You'll bankrupt me if you bet your bottom dollar on that one. Because I'm a lazy cunt. And I will probably not produce that content on time. It is what it is. Uh, I've sort of hemmed and had around football for the first, what is it, 13 minutes, minutes reference, of the podcast because there's some truly groundbreaking sporting news this week. Logan Paul is fighting Floyd Mayweather. As much as I am potentially Logan Paul and Impulsive and the Night Shift's biggest fan on this planet, there's not a headline I... It was not... It was not a headline I was expecting. That Logan Paul is fighting the greatest boxer of his generation in an exhibition match in two months. With no fans. It's one of the craziest fucking sporting events we'll ever see. One of my favourite episodes of the sister podcast, Slightly Hysterical Sports, is when me and Dave broke down the implications of the potential... Tom Cruise versus Justin Bieber MMA fight. Celebrities have really run with this. Anyone can call out anyone. Like, I called out Mina Raiola at the start of the episode. There's a high chance you see it on the zone before the end of the year. Because everyone can call out everyone in boxing at the minute. It's crazy. Because I think boxing realised that they had no stars left. Canelo Alvarez fights Fridges. You've got Fast Hands Ryan Garcia, but he cheats on the woman every two weeks. AJ and Tyson Fury were, were building up to that eventual fight. But once that fight is sold, the heavyweight division is dust. Because you'll get probably a trilogy out of that. You'll get a trilogy out of it no matter what way the fights go. Because those fights will sell every time. So it becomes a case of where else can boxing make its money? Because the UFC... Yes, Conor McGregor is the UFC's main cash cow, but it also has a far more dedicated fan base now, I think. But the UFC fans will watch the Israel Adesanya's of the world and the John Joneses and the recently retired Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, all those guys are going to sell pay-per-views. But in boxing, you really have three cards a year that you can actually sell. So... Why not get celebrities involved? I'm not saying why not get a YouTube celebrity to fight arguably your greatest ever athlete. Like Floyd Mayweather, as much as I hate the guy, is one of, if not the best to ever do it. Definitely the best defensive boxer to ever fight. And people are legitimately going to pay millions upon millions of pounds to watch him fight Logan Paul. I think a, a hell of a lot of credit has to go to YouTubers for single-handedly bringing boxing back. Who's broken through on the professional scene in the last five years? There's nobody. Like we've heard, we've heard a few interesting murmurings. Like people that are really involved in the scene will know about Usyk moving up being a real, a real great thing for the sport and stuff like that. But ultimately, there haven't been really any professional headlines in boxing in the last few years. Fury Wilder 
was huge. But Canelo JGD didn't do as well as everyone expected it to. The main boxing headlines in the last few years have been YouTube related. KSI Logan Paul was one of the most searched sports terms of last year. Jake Paul's just flatlined an NBA... I was about to say star. Nate Robinson, no star. But it's huge for the sport. Everyone's coming out and kind of endorsing it now. I was actually, I was watching a Mike Tyson interview and he was saying how it's so impressive what they've done because the UFC were running rings around boxing for so many years. But now, thanks to my guy over at Impulsive, there's a real fucking big push for YouTube boxers. I know he didn't start it, but he was the A-side. I'll always maintain he was the A-side. Uh, no, I'm I'm looking forward to losing quite a lot of money on Logan Paul. Because he is 20-1. to 1, And I do love betting against Floyd Mayweather. To this day, my biggest ever gambling loss was on Mayweather Pacquiao. As a 17-year-old? Bit of a wacky guy. Uh, but at the same time... I'll do it again. Logan at 20 to 1. When do you ever get a chance to bet on an underdog at 20 to 1 who is younger, heavier, and taller? Like, that just doesn't happen in combat sports. I know Floyd's the greatest defensive boxer of all time and all that. But A, he fucking loves partying. He's an idiot with his money he spends all his time in strip clubs he can't be training as as strenuously as he once did it's an exhibition he's not going to be taking it seriously and he is fighting a bloke who's going to be on the night probably about 30 pounds heavier than him and has height reach and youth on his side and you're getting him at 20 to 1 i'll be taking logan paul maybe to my detriment definitely to my detriment he's not beating floyd mayweather but he might. I don't know if we've ever seen a more dominant boxer than Logan Paul in those first two rounds of the first KSI fight. I swear. I don't think any boxer in history beats that fighter. But, obviously, it's a cash grab from both sides. Like, fair play to Logan, he'd probably retire from YouTube. The Maverick Club will never have to be used again because he's going to make... He's going to make on this, like... At least eight figures. Probably like 15, 20 million. Just for showing up in an exhibition match. And likely getting toyed with. Like I'd do it. I'd fight Floyd fucking tomorrow. Round the back of the Asda for, for, for 45 quid. He's a 43 year old midget. Like he's not going to do any lasting damage. He fucking Floyd Mayweather. He had no knockout punch eight years ago. His la- the last time he knocked someone out was a fucking dirty dig when the referee had supposedly called a stop to it and the other bloke went for a touch of gloves. Oh, I forgot he finished Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor started that fight looking like a Kentucky Derby winning steed and ended it looking like my horse at the Grand National every year. Fucking dead. McGregor had absolutely no cardio whatsoever. Yes, Floyd toyed with him. But at the same time, like, d- did McGregor look hurt? At the end of the fight? No. And he made 80 million pounds. I'd, I would legitimately... I would fight Floyd Mayweather 
anywhere, anytime of zero training just for a quarter. For a fucking... I'd do it for a twentieth of what these guys are getting. Because the bloke is a midget and will never do any lasting harm. He's a fucking tube. He had no knockout power years ago. He never had knockout power. He was never a knockout guy. Especially when you're coming in with a 40 pounds weight advantage. I I love the business move. It's honestly flawless from a business move perspective. It wouldn't surprise me if after this he loses and just never has to fight again. And can easily segue into boxing media. Because let's face it. How many guys out there are as well spoken as Logan Paul? Because... He has hosted one of the best podcasts in the world for a very long time. And will have got to say that they are part of two of the biggest search boxing fights in the last 20 years. And got to fight Floyd Mayweather. That's that's an unusually astute resume for a, a boxing pundit. They'll be able to wait him out for fucking anything and his fans will watch. It makes so much sense from a business standpoint. And also, if it leads to another Mike Malak out of the Maverick House vlog series, fuck, it'll be the best content you see on YouTube next year. I can't wait for this fight. I think it's going to be incredibly interesting. And the only thing that can make it better is Jake Paul KSI and the undercard. That would be a truly historic night for the Paul brothers. Both of them picking up dubs. So yeah, uh, I am looking forward to that one. I'm, I'm glad I got to talk about it and... A truly great sports podcast. We're getting dangerously close to the pesky early kickoffs tonight, folks. Uh, Dortmund play... It's one of the Russians. I think Dortmund plays Zenit. And Lazio play Club Bruges in the pesky early European kickoffs. So I'm going to try my best to get this finished up. And sit down and do some viewing. But... We go for our one friend of the show topic this week. Luckily, there is no song this week. There will be there will be no more musical forays. I think Tuesday can be a f- truly sports-oriented podcast. And Friday, we can get a bit more wacky with it. I'll, I'll be open to that notion. Friday, we can get a bit outrageous, such as writing a Christmas song about your friend Lewis and his mother. But American sports correspondent Harry Cleary... As the friend of the show topic and the list for the second week in a row, proving that the Tuesday Instagram stories, everyone's really fucking falling asleep. Harry said, James Harden and his love for Houston strip clubs. James Harden and his love for Houston strip clubs. You think he'd love them in Houston? What about when he goes to play with Jimmy Buckets? And he's dealing with all those Cuban baddies down in Miami? Poor fucker will never play a back-to-back. And half of the Miami Heat budget next year will just be on ice for James Harden's groin. The guy's an idiot. Like, the guy's legitimately a transcendent talent in the game of basketball and is so in love with just being in and around whores. It doesn't make any sense. But to each his own, he's a multi, 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 multi millionaire. So he can never really do any wrong in that regard. Like, he's never going to go broke. He'd need a lot of paternal mishaps to go broke at this point. He's on a $160 million contract. I can't imagine. he Unless he gets Blake Griffin, which would be a huge, huge blunder. 
But yeah, I think Harden, as much as all the talk was about him leaving Houston this offseason, I think, although all the talk was that it was Harden that was sort of asked about Westbrook and decided they didn't want to play together, I think Westbrook went there for one season and saw just how little Harden cares. Because I don't think Harden gives a fuck about titles. He cares about scoring. Both on and off the court. That was unintentional. That's just one of those rare ones that happens. Uh, but I don't feel like a title is going to seal James Harden's legacy in his, in his own eyes. Like, he's he's dated a Kardashian. He's ran through every strip club on the planet. He's probably in the J.R. Smith Hall of Fame for bags. So, like, what more can you really ask for from a debauchery standpoint in a career? Like, the guy's goaded. From an actual basketball standpoint, I don't know. He's not one of those players that makes every team in the league better. Like, not every team in the league needs a James Harden. Not every team in the league needs a guy that needs to shoot 35 times a night to score 40 points. But, in Houston... He's given complete freedom to shoot when he likes, to make whatever free agent acquisitions he wants to make, and he's in the perfect city for his love of strip clubs. So, as much as all the talk was that he was going to leave this offseason, I certainly can't see it happen. I don't think it ever, ever happens. Thank you, Harry, for your topic, and now let's get into your tier list. You tried to steer away from American sports this week, and I'm I'm thankful for you for it, uh, because it's given it's probably opened me up for one of my favorite jokes I'm ever going to make in this podcast. That was oh, where the fuck is your topic? Professional two or more sport athletes. Oh, you've opened up a can of fucking worms. Number one, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. This guy, he was one of the more inefficient baseballers of the modern era. Was never really up to much. Uh, was a minor league, a minor league guy, but we all know he, he would have made the pros eventually. Just had that sort of mindset. Hmm. It's, it's interesting that he that he didn't manage to make it. Whilst obviously being suspended for gambling related reasons from the actual sport he was a professional in, so he was forced into baseball despite all this love of baseball and he just wanted to compete in every field. There was a there was a suspension, allegedly. One of my least favourite allegedly I've ever had to do. We all know my feelings on Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He's bald. Uh, he's fraudulent. He's a bald fraud. Uh, those are all of my determining feelings on the one. So for that reason, Michael Jordan is going in Vern Troyer in the deep end. As a two-sport athlete. As a basketballer these days, he'd probably go in Journeyman from Ohio. Which is, of course, the Americanized version of Journeyman from Blackburn. But, Michael Jeffrey, someday, if you make if you make one good signing for the Charlotte Hornets, I'll move you up a tier, mate. Just one. So if Lamelo works out, I'll move you up. Don't you worry. I'll move you up to Harry Hill, Mike. I know that's, you've had all these accolades in your time. You've won a lot of money gambling and not all of us can relate. But... If, if you manage to make one successful signing for your franchise that you've now owned for 10 years, 
you can get moved up a tier in the flanks. This is a solo tier list. It's not something you can buy your way into, Mike. Unless you go out and buy Yanis next year in free agency. But even then, I think you'll know it's tarnished then. It won't feel as real. Okay. My second two-sport athlete. Next up is Dion Primetime Sanders. Before he became the worst pundit in all of sports, Primetime was a pretty good player. He was one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Uh, and famously had a lot of antics surrounding his draft stock that would revile him as a cocky bastard. But ultimately, that just labels as a winning mentality, apparently. Same way he had to go across like four different franchises, but winning mentality. Just not a lot of locker rooms can handle that sort of guy. But primetime is amazing. He was one of the best corners of all time. He was an electric punt returner. He was fairly fucking quick on it. It's fair to say. He was a legit 4-2-40 guy. One of the NFL's first real premier ball hawk players, in inverted commas. Like, when you threw to the side of the field, he was getting picked off a lot of the time. And was going back the other way because he was so dangerous as a returner. But his baseball career, no, that was that was less enjoyable for everyone involved. He played in a World Series with the Braves, but by all accounts, he was nothing that special as a basketball as a basketball. Jesus Christ! Now it's the first example of me having a stroke on the podcast. But yeah, Sanders wasn't the best baseball player of all time, but he did make it to the pros. He played in a World Series. He's the only player to play in a World Series and a Super Bowl. So, for that reason, I think he's going to go in the absolutely excellent tier of the podcast because he was a pretty elite athlete at both sports that he played. Okay. The final one is Oscar Pistorius. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, gosh, Oscar Pistorius only did one sport, to my knowledge, no. And that's where you're wrong. Because Oscar Pistorius is the best at biathlon on this planet. Think about it. He's a pretty good shot. And he comes built in with his own skis. Who's better for the sport? No one comes more naturally built for the biathlon than our Oscar. Like, that fucking crazy guy. I hope to see him make an Olympic return in his true sport when he gets out of the slammer. Uh, for this unrivaled ability... Because he was pretty good at what he actually did uh, on the track and field. But as a biathlete with with that sort of elite credentials of built-in skis. And as we all know, well, actually, was he that good a shot? He took like nine bullets. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that. That was very offensive. I apologize for that one. That The line was there. I've crossed it. We'll have to lead with it. So I could edit it out, but I'm an honest man. It's not the sort of thing that runs in the podcast. But since he wasn't, I started out this segment with the intention of giving him the highest of the high. But since he wasn't that, I thought he was, I came into this with the impression that he was a very good shot. Before realising that he was pretty inefficient. So, for that reason, I don't think Mr. I did not kill Riva can go any higher than a journeyman from Pretoria, which is the South African equivalent of Blackburn. Thank you, Harry, for your tier list. 
Thank you, listeners, for doing a bit of listening to a truly sports-oriented episode of Flying Sisters of Solo. I've been your host, Pete Sake. Can't believe I made that for stories joke. Good night. <laughs>